These are groundbreaking stories of South Africans with severe medical conditions and the innovative teams that have brought about miracles to help them. Welcome to Medical Miracles with Barbara Friedman. Premature babies born sub-25 weeks are known as micro-prems, and some neonatal units in South Africa have developed such advanced biomimicry incubators. In other words, an extrauterine womb as close to nature as possible that these minute babies are given more than a fighting chance. Keep listening. Dr. Ricky Dippenar is a neonatologist and he heads up units at Cape Town's Bloberg and N1 City Netcare Hospitals. He specializes in the care of these tiny babies. All babies born before the 40-week gestation period are considered premature, but these sub-25-weekers are far more high risk. Their tiny organs and systems are not developed yet. Dr. Ricky explains. Every week makes such a big difference because every organ hasn't developed and we have to support every organ. One of Dr. Ricky's moms went to her GP with a fever. And he looked at me and he said, you're pregnant. I'm like, you're kidding. He told her that she was over 22 weeks pregnant and needed to see a gynecologist immediately. The gynecologist explained that she had elevated protein levels in her urine, dangerously high blood pressure, and there was something wrong with her placenta. It's too early. Like, I'm still getting used to the fact that I'm pregnant, and now you're telling me I'm, I'm going to be in labor. So, it, like, it was just overwhelming. Sanele was quickly admitted to hospital, which is where she met Dr. Ricky Dippenar. Invariably, the placenta is dying, and it's affecting the mom's health. So her blood pressure is through the roof, her kidneys are not tolerating the extra protein load, and mom's are unwell. And there's one thing I picked up about him. He's straightforward, and I was thinking, oh, this guy. <laughs> Straight to the point. Sunday morning he came to me and said, Mommy, we're taking you to surgery now. We're taking baby out. In any high-risk pregnancy, Dr. Ricky says mother always comes first. And then, of course, they do everything they can to save the baby. But parents need to understand just what they're in for. The gynae has a tremendous amount of work to prepare that baby for extrauterine life. Because that's essentially what we're trying to do, that they will actually cope with the stress of being removed from the current environment to an artificial environment. And then the whole team goes in. They did a cesarean, and then this cute little small thing came out of me, <laughs> crying. And I was crying. I, I was literally crying. I thought, oh my goodness. He's appropriately named Zikalelo. It means blessing. Then we will stabilize the baby after the delivery and it will be placed in it's essentially like a little plastic bag whether it's a ziplock bag or whether it's um, one of the newer the newer um, velcro bags and then the baby will be transferred to the neonatal icu and that's when the whole process of biomimicry begins but fortunately with them because we're trying to mimic um, nature okay we're reconnecting the umbilicus to to the lines so we're using the umbilicus as their main source of vascular access. We can give the baby intravenous nutrition, we can give the baby blood, we can do anything through it. So in the very small babies, um, putting up a drip in the arm on the leg is sometimes just not feasible. But we do have our umbilicus. So we are, we are, as I said, we are trying to reconnect the baby to as close as what we have to an artificial womb at this point in time. And then the best part comes is then we get to humidify them. And I love humidifying. So 
So the so once we've put up all the drips and we stabilized the baby and the baby's on the breathing machines, all right, then we actually humidify that baby that the incubator actually steams up. And sometimes you can't even see the baby, it's just steam. It's fabulous. But remember, the baby's been in a water environment for its entire life. We have to go back to that environment. Once again, the Japanese have done it already with animal studies. They actually created an artificial water womb. The initial feed through the umbilical line is a synthetic formula of protein, carbohydrates, fat and vitamins. And then we wean the baby off that onto the, the real stuff, which is mom's milk. Dr. Ricky cannot emphasize enough the crucial importance of breast milk in order for preemies to survive. And if for some reason the mom really cannot produce any, they use donor breast milk. It is a complete godsend because the reality is if we didn't have donor breast milk, these babies would simply all die because they just cannot tolerate cow-based formulas. Dr. Ricky says these micro-prems will initially fit in the palm of your hand. They are so delicate and they are so fragile that you can see the, 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 the veins and the blood coursing through the veins. When you put a drip up in these babies, you can actually see the fluids that you're putting through that drip actually run up the vein. Nsikolelo, now five weeks after birth, weighs 1080 grams, has already almost doubled in size. I visited the neonatal unit at N1 City Hospital. It's a cheerful place with brightly colored curtains and a warm, caring atmosphere. And Sikalelo lying asleep in his incubator looked so tiny to me. But the nurses assure me he's a feisty little chap. And now that most of his lines have been removed, they often find him crawling across his incubator. Bonding with mom is so important for baby's well-being. And once most of the central lines are out, moms can in fact start kangarooing babies outside the incubator for short periods of time. You can have a, a six, seven hundred gram baby that's probably still on oxygen at that stage, okay, sitting quite happily in between mom's breasts and, and the monitors are all on and we can see what's going on and mom's happy, baby's happy and everybody's happy. I just feel his body temperature next to mine and his breathing, oh, I just love it, it's, it's a joy. The mother's um, physiology is so unparalleled that can adapt to such a degree. She has the ability to raise her, her body temperature to maintain baby's temperature. Men can't do it, okay, but a mommy can do it without a problem. Not everyone in the medical community thinks giving birth to such micro-prem babies is a good idea. I think a lot of people would consider the medicine that we're practicing on these very, very small babies as fringe medicine. It's right on the edge of technology. So there will be a certain component of, of um, specialists that feel that there is no point in going for these babies because the outcome is terrible. But if you have a mom, for instance, that has got no live children, okay, has had multiple miscarriages uh, or has had uh, multiple losses, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we have the ability to do something for those mommies. Okay? And we can offer them something that maybe not everybody else is willing to offer them. Dr. Ricky is brutally honest with parents. An extremely premature baby can result in a severe mental handicap. 
But he says for some prospective parents who have no living children, they're willing to take that chance. And a small number of these will not survive. The intrauterine environment, which has resulted in us delivering this baby, was so bad that it actually had affected the brain's development right in the beginning. And then it's pre-programmed to die. But it's only a small percentage. At worst, the rest will definitely be hyperactive. So parents need to be prepared for that. The brain's physiology is affected by numerous external factors, particularly of being born premature, being born by caesarean section, because the brain is, is still evolving. It's still making all those connections. I mean, when we deliver our premature babies, we artificially induce them with, with a, a respiratory stimulant. We give them caffeine. If they still don't want to breathe on that, then I will give them an even stronger stimulant. But I will make that child breathe because I will do more harm putting the child in a breathing machine than if the child breathes by itself. We went into this speciality because we, we love the speciality. If we can save a child's life, then that's what we, we were ultimately wanting to do. And I enjoy going very, very low um, with these very premature babies, provided that I'm given a fighting chance. Um, we're not there to just be cowboys and just take on absolutely everything. The reality is you have to it's a massive team approach and it has to be done in a very controlled environment. Dr. Ricky trained in South Africa but was fortunate enough to spend time working overseas which gave him a great deal of exposure to microprem care. He cannot understand why we aren't doing more of this work here. We've got the same equipment, um, we've got the same skill level, if not better, um, and we break rules. Okay? And why not? You know, we, we have always broken rules. I mean, we've led the, the medical field um, from South Africa on how many occasions? And why should we not continue? We know more or less that by about 1.8 kilograms, they have sufficient body fat to maintain their, their body temperature. So they don't have to use extra energy in order to grow. They come out of the closed incubator and they're going into a crib. Baby still needs to meet certain milestones with key ultrasounds at 28 and 56 weeks, hearing and eye tests. Once we've got those milestones ticked, then we can breathe a sigh of relief. And then baby gets to go home. That's generally around about 36 weeks. So they still go home earlier. Dr. Ricky's passion and love for his babies is infectious and inspiring. We've got lots of babies. And lots of babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of Medical Miracles. Visit 702.co.za for more intriguing stories.